Greetings, you are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, guys. It's uh, it's nine twelve, and uh, the Giants uh, they, they get their first sweep of the second half. I'm really excited by this news, as you can tell. <laughs> but the it, Giants, it, it was a fun series, and how many times have we been able to say that in the second half? Like two. That's right. They are twenty and thirty-two in the second half. I believe they are now four eleven and three in series. And like I said, it's their first sweep, their first sweep since July 8th, 9th, and 10th, or it's their first three-game winning streak, 8th, 9th, and 10th. <laughs> and uh, and that was, of course, right before the All-Star break. And now today, the Giants start a new series against the team that essentially knocked them out of first place by cursing them somehow, the uh, San Diego Padres. But let's focus on the positives here before the Padres, because even if the Giants were doing well in the second half, the Padres are such a bummer. Who the heck wants to talk about that? Let's talk about the Diamondbacks, who are also kind of a bummer, too, if you think about it. But <laughs> the Giants swept them. <laughs> but they're a funnier bummer. They are. they're a disaster. The Padres are just kind of low-grade, boring, like, you know, you stub your toe and you go, ah, oh, Padres. <laughs> but the Diamondbacks are like, are like watching someone you really don't like trip on the sidewalk and fall into a big old pile of dog poo. Like you just really enjoy that. You're like, you deserve that. I'm glad that happened to you. (laughs) That was a favorable outcome given my thoughts on you. Yes. Uh, The giants scored 23 runs in this series, which I don't think they scored 23 runs um, since June. Um, (laughs) Total uh, 23 runs. And they allowed, um, hold on, do math here. 12 runs. So they did a great job. Uh, and and I would say that the first game of the series was very much like uh, every other game that the Giants have played this season. We, I mean, we can talk <laughs> about how much we don't like the Diamondbacks, but let's focus on the Giants a little bit here. Um, but 7-6 to six in 12 innings, we, we don't want to go through every game like we've done in the past, but there's only three games. And just sequentially, like... Corey Guerin played left field in this game. So there's like something to really to talk about. And it's, we got to talk about it right away. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the giants are one and zero in games in which Corey Guerin <laughs> plays left field. That's, right. that's a winning percentage of a thousand. And that's, right. that's something that, that Bruce Bochy is going to have to consider going forward. Like, is he really the best option in left field? Because I haven't checked the numbers, but I don't think the record's that good with Pagan and left. I just doubt it. <laughs> well, he did. He did that very rare uh, double switch, right? Or he shifted. He sh- he uh, shifted. It was kind. Of, it was essentially a double switch. But Garen went out uh, when when Lamb came up, but he didn't go out of the game because it was the third. It was the twelfth inning, and in you know the bullpen. Although we've got all these pitchers available, you know, Bochy wanted to stick with Garen. So he went to Lopez to, and then brought Garen back. And that was pretty cool. So yeah, we don't see fun. that like ever. So it's very rare and it's only made possible by the national league. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It is. Uh, that's something you cannot get anywhere. You can get it in the American league. If something really bad or weird happens, you Which... can get it in the, in the American league. If you intentionally get rid of your DH. <laughs> that's right. If, um, 
Oh, I was which, which, uh, Bruce Bob, did one time, by the way. That's right, uh, and it worked well. But if Bob Guerin's managing, that's very likely to happen just by accident. So, <laughs> I mean, they're just going to run out of other outfielders. Uh, also, in the Friday night game, uh, the Giants won. We've got to stress this. <laughs> they're right. so rare. The Giants won uh, on the road. Uh, the Diamondbacks, real quick, twenty-five and forty-six at home. That's a. They're really bad, but that's like the place where their brand or their recipe of home cooking is so idiosyncratic. It's so specific to the um, to where they live. You know what I mean? Like the the Diamondbacks are very Arizona y, and they are like they're very they think of themselves as real baseball or real Americans, and they're terrible. It's almost like the stuff that they're buying and selling is garbage. So I don't know. What? Yeah. No, they're doing this for like eight more years at least, just to be sure. But in it's any the only responsible course. The big thing that happened, I think, in that game, besides the win and besides Corey Guerin, in that order, by the way, <laughs> is that Santiago Casilla was brought into the game and blew it. So... Yeah. In you know, in some ways, that was really the best case scenario for the Giants. That they because won it in the end? That Well, no, that, that Casilla blew it, but they still won. Because Bruce Bochy, even Bruce Bochy, famously loyal to his guys, Bruce Bochy, cannot trust Santiago Casilla at this point as the closer ever again. He just can't. And you could kind of see that in the tenor of his co- comments post-game. And you could sort of understand that that's what was going on, too, during the game. That, you know, he, he lets him face Jake Lamb, which, by the way, all of the beat writers said before that on Twitter, no way is Casilla going to face Jake Lamb. And then nobody else came out of the bullpen. But, you know, he gives up the homer to Lamb, ties the game. And after the game, yeah, you could tell from what Bochy was saying that it wasn't going to happen again like that. The level of trust in Casilla is now appropriately low. And it didn't happen in a loss. It's a... And that, a, that, in the end, is a fairly good outcome. It is a fairly good outcome. It just raises, like, it's a real head-scratcher, and it's not really the time of the year to, like, maybe tr- quintuple, sextuple down <laughs> on on something. Uh, it worked out, but this was Casilla's eighth blown save, which, by the way, the last time the Giants, a Giants closer had eight blown saves was 10 years ago, Armando Benitez. <laughs> so... I cannot think of, uh, of, well, I can think, probably think of, but I should edit this all out. But basically, Santiago Garcia is nothing like Armando Benitez. That's all I'm trying to say. And yet, <laughs> <laughs> there they are together. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. So rest in peace, R.I.P. Santiago Garcia. We probably won't see you again unless it's a blowout. And um, you earned it. You earned it. <laughs> you definitely earned it. Uh, Madison Bumgarner had a pretty crappy start, all things considered. Uh, so an alum from my college, though, did hit a home run off of him, so there is that. Um, good for him. <laughs> uh, Kyle Jensen, I didn't go to school with him. He's he's super young. But anyway, good for him. Um, but I, I want to get to sort of not the unsung hero, but – Besides the win and extra innings, and it that was one of those wins down the stretch that the Giants have had 
in the past, not just the championship seasons, but the seasons where they make the playoffs or you like, it's the difference between are they in it or are they falling out of it? You know, at this time last year, they had had the body blow of that Los Angeles series. They just come out of that. And there really wasn't that much fight in them the rest of the way. Um, or that was a game where that was a body blow and they didn't recover. And this was, you know, this, this game could have been that body blow and, uh, and thank God that, yeah, that they, that it was only a blown lead and not a loss. It didn't turn into the loss. So yes, they had to, it's kind of like what you were saying last week. They had time to recover in this game. Will that mean that going forward, they'll, they still have time to recover season wise? Well, standings wise they're in decent shape all things considered um so yeah your your point is spot on but hopefully 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 bruce bochi does not gamble like this again (laughs) yeah um that was that was a big risk and i think honestly when it 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 always sucks when the bullpen loses a game but it'll be a little less painful when it's not casilla just because with casilla we all know that the answer is he doesn't go in the game but if it's someone else, you go, well, sometimes you'll lose. Sometimes that guy sucks. But yeah. it seems like Casilla always sucks right now. Well, I'm kind of of the opinion that Osich should probably not be put in those situations too. Um, and even though Romo didn't, you know, he gave up a home run to Casilla, uh, Castillo. Castillo's been killing the Giants all year. I, I'm not that upset about by it, but Romo's looked pretty solid all things considered are we going to get a bullpen trust rankings this week because i think we need them (laughs) uh maybe if i can't think of another uh idea (laughs) (laughs) well because i wanted to get to sort of this other name in the series uh two out of the three games he looked fantastic i mean pitched in two out of three games and he looked fantastic in both appearances hunter strickland uh and his his appearance yesterday where he got the save i mean hunter strickland the giants wanted him to be the closer in 2014 that's what they were starting to set him up to be if not last year then definitely somewhere like this year like imagine a scenario where hunter strickland is you know just lights out all last year and the start of this year i think they'd go to him a lot earlier and i know we're in they absolutely do and i think just like even putting aside like just even with the year that he had last year even if you take that as what he had coming into this year. If he didn't have a series of kind of high profile, maybe not disasters, but just games where he gave up the lead, you know, where he doesn't necessarily give up five runs in the inning, but he gives up two runs in a two run game. Basically they, not closer. With those. Yeah, yeah. Not, not closer quality appearances. Right. But like as the seventh or eighth inning guy, I think even without those, those appearances this year, he would have been the closer probably a lot earlier, but he certainly had his, you know, had some flaws, he had some things to work through earlier in the year. And that, that kept him from getting that closer job that along with loyalty to, to Casilla and also Derek Law's great year. And, uh, but now you're seeing who you're seeing the Hunter Strickland who probably the giants assumed he would be, uh, when the, you know, when they bring him in and in some big playoff situation and say, all right, go get him. And, uh, a few times that worked, in 2014 that didn't never work for the record. <laughs> um, I mean, people remember game one of the division series when he gave up homers to Harper and uh, I think is Drupal Carrera was the other one, but he got out of a, a really big jam the previous inning like that. And that's why it was a three, nothing game at the time. And they right. could get, and he could give up two runs. 
right. he closed out the 18 inning game. Right. So he, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, I kind of want to just go back a little bit. I don't want to sound like a lunatic here. Uh, Hunter Strickland had a really great 2015, just straight down the line numbers. And uh, it's fine if we all forget and need refreshers. And it's easy to just be like, oh, he's not it. He's not the guy because he wasn't the guy. But if you just do a quick sort, he had two appearances where he gave up two earned runs. Now, this doesn't take into effect like all the leveraging that he does. But, you know, he basically had if I he had two games where he blew this blew the save uh, somewhat significantly. Um, one was in September against the Reds. Um, but other than that, like in terms of win probability added, he was, you know, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen appearances out of 55 innings pitched or uh, 13 out of 55 games where he had a negative win probability added. Other than that, he was, he was, he didn't like he had a hold or he didn't do anything to the game or he, he helped the giants to win in some way, shape or form. Uh, he had a two for for a reliever, you know, reliever ERA is kind of always ridiculous. A two forty five ERA though is a great ERA. It is. No, it absolutely is. <laughs> and he had a he had a FIP of two ninety, you know, and his WHIP, if you just want to go with that, was point eight five seven. So he had a great twenty fifteen, and I think it does just go to Casilla was fine last year. Like that was definitely he had hiccups and he settled down, and uh, and this year, you know, you know, Strickland pitched in some higher leverage spots is what I'm going to say. And he didn't, necess- I think this was kind of early in the season where he had a, I think he, he kind of famously had one against Arizona earlier in the year where he, he didn't really lock it down. And that was, I think that's been another thing that hurt him, but you know, we've certainly ragged on him many times in this podcast and publicly he has yeah last year he had two appearances where he gave up two earned runs and that was it this year he's had four so i would say this year he's been you know he hasn't been quite as sharp and that that certainly hurt his chances a little bit but his game yesterday i I mean he his command of his two-seam fastball um his control of of his two-seam fastball was was fantastic it was 95 miles an hour and it wasn't crazy cut to it, but it it just looked so dominating. And I think this was one of those few times, like Bochi not septupling down on Casilla, <laughs> where he kind of learned, like, if we're going to go by the committee thing, that sort of implies the hot hand, right? And if you bring in uh, Strickland to finish the eighth and you see him blowing guys away with the two-seam fastball, you're like, okay, he's got command of a great pitch or he's got control of his great pitch. So I'm going to leave him out there and, and ride it and and do it and just blow him away. And he looked great. So it yeah. may not last every time out, but if we're doing committee, you know, Hunter Strickland, you could not, you could do worse than Hunter Strickland for sure. No. Yeah. He was, he was great uh, yesterday. He's been great for a while now. He, uh, he, yesterday he looked like a major leaguer on a single a rehab assignment. Because the Diamondbacks <laughs> had no chance. They it, did not. Even when when his location didn't look that good. You know, it would be maybe a little bit more over the plate than you'd want. They still couldn't hit it. You know, he still had the movement. He still had the velocity. He still had everything. And yes, while Hunter Strickland manages versus on Twitter, it's he's just right now looks like the best option for, right. for closing out games. And he's, I think, at this point, pretty clearly the best reliever in the bullpen. 
Right, absent Derek Law. I would yeah. probably agree with that. Uh, and then I just, you know, another thing, he got away with maybe some mistakes here and there, but so did Matt Moore, yeah. really. Uh, it was that's, not... That's what it, stuff lets you do. You can get yeah. away with location yeah. mistakes. Uh, and so we should talk about Matt Moore. Matt Moore follows up a, a pretty disastrous start, but it's in Coors Field. So to some degree, you can forgive it a little bit. You know, when you're not throwing strikes, it's really tough. But And yesterday started, he came out and he was throwing strikes. He and Buster Posey were working together, just watching. He, it was so noticeable uh, how well they were doing together in terms of Buster. Like yesterday's game was a great example of if you don't understand pitch framing or, or, or stealing strikes, yesterday was a great example of what Buster was doing to help Matt Moore get extra strikes uh, to really set a, his own sort of zone. And if you compare that to Granky and Castillo, that was not happening because yeah. Castillo is not the pitch framer that, that Buster Posey is by, by any stretch. And, and in fairness to both Zach Granky pitches right on that line, you know, Zach Granky pitching to Buster Posey is probably having a 250 ERA season and is a Cy Young <laughs> contender. I'm not kidding. I mean, Zach Granky was not missing terribly yesterday. And no, the, the the borderline strikes he wasn't getting weren't helping his stuff that was clearly missing out of the zone. Uh, and, I'm, I mean, I, Zach Granky still throws 94 miles an hour. He has sink. He has cut. His stuff looks fine. But, you know, if things don't quite go his way, it's just like human whatever. It's human frailty or you know you get a little you get a little um bum fuzzled <laughs> i guess and and it kind of throws you off um and when you're facing you know brandon belt might be coming back around angel pagan his bat is i don't know a little quiet but he he had a 10 pitch at bat yesterday that was fantastic i think it made up for the defensive blunder he had in the left field uh that set it, that started the diamondbacks rally in the fifth um but Again, against major league hitters, and I would say that the Giants hitters are better than the Diamondbacks hitters on the whole, like com- collectively. You know, you give them an opportunity, they're going to find a way to take advantage, which they weren't doing a lot of, but maybe they're coming around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it helps that there are still guys who are who are not, you know, doing that great right now. You know, Denard Span, obviously, Homer aside, yesterday hasn't been looking great recently, but... When, when Hunter Pence is looking like the good version of Hunter Pence, when you have Panic maybe starting to do something, I mean, Panic had a great game on uh, on Friday night, which is which is pretty, you know, easy to ignore because Pence had such a great game and Belt had a really good game and, you know, you had the whole bullpen drama and, Corey, you know, the new left fielder of the future, Corey huh. Guerin. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, Panic might be coming around too and – when you have the guys who have been all-stars who are performing at kind of a major league level again, which they hadn't been for more than a month, it seemed like, that is so huge for the lineup to be able to rely on guys other than than Posey and Crawford uh, to, to produce because they need more than one or two guys at a time to produce. And that's what they have. That's what they've had in Arizona. And hopefully they can carry that forward to the through the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I want to say something about Denard Span. I mean, he, in the second half, has played 48 games. He's He's got an OPS of 742 somehow, even though his season OPS is now down after yesterday's game to 701. I'm not lying. <laughs> but uh, Denard Span has 10 walks. 
in the second half. Uh, which doesn't strike me as being fantastic. His 321 on base is not all that great. Um, yeah, uh, offensively, so I said this in the recap yesterday, you know, Belt had a great RBI single, and it was in part because he was able to react to the pitch, and it was a curveball cutting away, and he kind of just slapped it out in the left field. Um, back control, I, I feel like, is a component of being relaxed. Being relaxed is you're more likely to react to a pitch as opposed to jump at a pitch, um, taking what the pitcher gives you, right? Uh, if you if he's going to give you something, you can drive back up the middle, drive it back up the middle. If he's going away, go away with it, that kind of thing. I don't know if it means that over the next three weeks or so that that's going to happen, but it's nice to dream at this point because Brandon Belt has not looked great for a solid four weeks. Hunter Pence has looked spotty at best, um, but he tends to hit in bunches and then just kind of take off. Uh, and and Joe Panic, I mean, we still don't really know who Joe Panic is. <laughs> he has a lot more power than we expected him to, even now. But he seems to just sort of he's an interesting player because he doesn't when I think of him, think of him as someone who's scuffling. I feel like I'm maybe giving him a huge break of like, he's still figuring things out. <laughs> right. And, and Brandon Crawford, you know, I, I, you know, Brandon Crawford as a middle of the order guy still feels miscast to me, but you know, he's, he's doing fine. But uh, you know, you, you want belts OPS still close to 900. I know folks, some of you don't like OPS. It's just so quick and easy. So, <laughs> It just tells the tale a lot more, but Posey's is down to 800. You know that, and we know that power is gone. Like it's just not here in the second half. So who knows what's going to happen there? But um, if if they can keep getting the starting pitching, that gives the offense time to come around. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And uh, the offense has really been the big culprit in the second half. The offense. Um, I saw this stat a few days ago. I couldn't say if it's it's probably not. It might not still be accurate, or it might. I don't know. But um, as of sometime last week, the Giants had scored the second fewest runs in the NL in the second half, um, ahead of only the Phillies. So that's something you have to turn around. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's not great. The Phillies are by design a bad offense because they're rebuilt. That was. That was the joke there. <laughs> and the Giants, you know, uh, also I want to make this very clear. There's no way, there's nothing Matt Duffy would have done to turn this offense around. He was not the key to this offense going the way it has. Um, I just want to throw that out there because people seem to, you know, miss him. So. Yeah, I mean, you can miss Matt Duffy, but Matt Duffy would not be making the Giants better right now, especially now that he's out for the season after right. the surgery. Right. The Giants would have right. one fewer starting pitcher who's performing well. Yeah. Uh, unless you have a lot of faith in Jake Peaver, Matt Cain, which if you do, that's adorable. <laughs> um, but the Giants would be in a worse position this season with regards to, to, to pitching. And they would be in a worse season position probably with regards to offense because they w- might not have traded for Nunez. So they yeah. might be starting Connor Gillespie at third. They might be starting Kelby at third, which, you know, I like Kelby, but... I'd rather see Nunez out there than him. Uh, just a, a couple of first half, second half comparisons, and I can't actually factor in yesterday's game just yet, but the Giants had 75 home runs in the first half. 
They have 42 in the second. Uh, on base percentage, they're at 321 in the second half or, or 325 in the second half. They had a 336 in the first half. So the Giants played, I guess, record-wise, they didn't play as many great teams in the first half compared to the second half. That could be a factor of it. But they did come out of the second half playing the Padres. <laughs> um, so it's not like, you know, and then Boston, New York, Cincinnati, Washington, you know, but they didn't do too hot against uh, Cincinnati. And I feel like the Red Sox and the Yankees went about as well as you would expect. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, and they, they won two games against Washington. So I'm just kind of looking at it, looking if you glance down the schedule and you go, well, they actually played okay, or they played badly right away, and then they didn't like totally fall off a cliff. You know, losing series to Philadelphia and Reds. you know, and and the Reds and and even Pittsburgh doing so poorly against Pittsburgh, that's bad. You know, they, but they they beat the Mets. You know, or they split the series with the Mets. Uh, they they lost two out of three to the Dodgers, but you know, two of those games they were very competitive. So it's just. There are definitely some key games or series where just people did not play as well as they could for whatever reason. And so, I don't know. I had already said they're done. They're not doing it. But somehow, baseball keeps giving them a chance. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, all right. Dad, you're not the final word. That's right. <laughs> uh, we should probably also mention that Johnny Cueto had a, had a great start. It's just like Johnny Cueto has been plugging along. He has his hiccups here and there, but that seems like it's Johnny Cueto at this point. That's his game. Yeah, no, but he's he's, he's, been he's probably not going to win the Cy Young Award or anything this year. But remember, there was that conversation starting to brew around him. That's how well he was pitching. Um, and as when the season ends, you know he's going to wind up with just you're going to look at that and go like, "Wow, what a great signing!" Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's at this point fairly likely he's going to opt out after 2017. And There's good no for him. I hope yeah. he gets lots of money. So Bumgarner and more, and then I don't know who's now and Ty Block maybe. <laughs> well, they're gonna have some Arja for a while. Now, oh right, <laughs> but he'll go into the um, the super reliever role, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Samarja slots into the Jake Peavy role. Um, so. So lots of questions for later. But uh, for now, let's uh, ask the question about... Uh, so again, good week for the Giants. Good series for the Giants. We're on a short break. Uh, and this week, it's we'll see what happens, right? We'll see if this is actually anything or if this is the Diamondbacks just being the Diamondbacks. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the hope is it'll catapult the Giants to doing more impressive things for the rest of the season, but you never know. Yeah, I I was about to like segue into the pick the players and games and all that stuff, but just real quick, how ridiculous are the Diamondbacks? <laughs> oh, so here's my thought on the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are like the movie Trouble with the Curve. They are a team that seems to be built on this on these old grizzled baseball dudes saying, "No, the the kids have it wrong. This is the way to do it." But it's the, like the dumbest version of the grizzled old school scouts getting together, putting the the quote unquote band back together for one last hurrah to show these kids how it's done and just blowing up spectacularly in their faces. And 
and analytics it's it's over and it happened this it's revolutionized this is the sport now it's part of it's part of it you can sit there and be indignant towards it or you can integrate it and make it better make it work with what you do well and the diamondbacks behind tony Luce and dave stewart it feels like their whole strategy is nope it's 1988 <laughs> i think so i think yeah um it's weird that, you know, a strategy so close to trouble with the curve would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think maybe the Diamondbacks were, were are just scouting based on the sound that they hear? Like, a guy throws one good fastball, like, that's it. <laughs> Trade everyone for him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then to cover their butts, they're like, let's just promote him. <laughs> And then when the kid's struggling, they're like, well, a lot of to whom much is given, much is expected. <laughs> like they do that. <laughs> right. Because teaching is not would not fall under that. Right. It's it's they say it's coaching. And in the Dave Stewart, Tony LaRusso model, coaching is telling someone what to do and then expecting them to do it. Teaching is showing them how to do it and then m- helping them along to make sure they do it. Those are two different things. Yeah. And I think in their model, it's like, nope, he's a gamer. Bring him up. <laughs> here's your plate of, gl- here's the plate of glass you must run through. So, he's like, but uh, I'm pitching tonight. I, I shouldn't <laughs> cut up my feet through like plate <laughs> of glass. Eat the entire bucket next. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, to get around, then the, then their marketing department scrambling with like, what if, what if what if we put a basketball inside of a burrito and then and then we fried it and then we put whipped cream on top? Yeah, it's good, 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 good. Or they're like, what if we had twelve gray uniforms? <laughs> what if, what if we had fourteen uniforms, each one of them worse than both the next and the last? <laughs> they're trying to uh, they're trying for brand synergy and they're you know so that that to me is just an organization that's constantly scrambling but seems really ticked off that there's a segment in their mind, a segment of baseball. You know what? They're the most NFL franchise in major league baseball. Damn. Gauntlet <laughs> has been thrown. Your move tigers. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, the tigers, I feel like they, that's been a team that could have panicked this year. Right. Or, but they had an off season plan. They executed it. Um, I think there was jokes about, oh, Justin Verlander, he's he's just saying he's found it or whatever, but he really has. He's he's turned his career around or he's kind of rescued it, right? Yeah. And then and then the the team, their their progress, Jordan Zimmerman, big deal, whatever, but he helped them for a long time. I think he's injured now. But uh, you know, they didn't panic when things didn't quite look their way and they're right in the thick of things right now. And then they didn't you know, there weren't too many big moves to be made this year if you don't have a lot of farm depth which if you watch the tigers or know anything about the tigers at all what dave dombrowski likes to do is go in and burn farm systems to the ground <laughs> so so if you had top prospects they got traded and if you're al avila taking over you don't really have very much to go from and if the giants have to like trade nine of their top 10 prospects just to get will smith which is basically what happened you know, it's not, there wasn't a lot of room for them. So I'm defending the Tigers a little bit, even though body type wise, that is the most NFL looking type right. for sure. 
<laughs> but organizationally, I would say, yeah. you know, and then the twin, the, I guess the twins are like the Bengals or, or, or the Browns, like the Browns in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, I don't know, the Giants are not the 49ers in this situation. Not, not at all. Nope. And that's a good thing. And we can all yeah. be happy about it. I would say the Cardinals or the Patriots. <laughs> Cardinals or the Patriots. All right. Uh, I actually don't want to do this. Folks, I, I really loathe the NFL. Twitter is now more of a wasteland because the weekend is college football and NFL football. And I'm just like, I want to throw my phone in the ocean. So, I mean, you should probably just do that anyway. It's probably good yeah, for you. Twitter is pretty bad. So, uh, how about players of the week or best player of the week? Uh, The series of the series. (laughs) I'm going to say Hunter Pence. You know, he had, I don't know, a lot of hits. He scored eight runs in the first two games and then drove in the winning runs in in the last game. And he, he was the guy that he needs to be, that the Giants have needed him to be for since he's come back. So hopefully that'll continue. But he was, he was great. Remember when he, Looked like he was starting to come back, and then he fell like farther off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. And now he's kind of coming back. Um, all right, that's that's really good. That's really solid. I'm gonna go with um, Matt Moore for having such a great bounce back start. Um, that's that's a good sign for any baseball players if you can back up. You know, Colorado and then to Arizona. That's a place he could have just repeated the same start, right? Right. Uh, and and he he did well. I mean, uh, you know, Lamb and Goldschmidt are sort of the Giants, and Castillo, for that matter, are kind of the Giants killers. And he, they really were not getting square contact off of him, not really. And uh, and his pitch counts went up because Pagan's bobble or misplay in left field. God, I can't wait for Matt Mac Williamson next year. <laughs> uh, uh, Angel Pagan's been great. So, I mean, we're going to talk about him when the season ends because he's been exactly what the Giants wanted him, needed him to be for basically his entire contract, which how many baseball players can you actually say that about? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, um, he's, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, so he looked great. So I'm going to take, and also I've, I'm very big on the Matt Moore deal. And so to save face, I need to pick this. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and an honorable mention, I, I don't really have one this week. I mean, I, I, I actually do, actually, as a joke, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my my honorable mention, obviously, is Corey Guerin. Oh, yeah. Left fielder of the future. Even got That's a right. save. Not a lot of left fielders yeah. do that. Yeah, it's, uh, so the battle's between he and Mac, or you think they're just giving it right to Corey? I think I think they're going to give it to Corey, but, you know, if, if he stumbles a little bit, then they're going to... They're going to figure out a way to get him a little bit more seasoning there and left. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, they are setting it up. <laughs> That'll be funny when, uh, at the end of the year, when Evans says, well, you know, we had, we signed Pagan to bridge as a bridge to Corey Guerin in left field. <laughs> and that was always the plan. That was always the plan. <laughs> but, uh, but what I was getting at was Will Smith came into a spot on, um, on Friday night and, and he, he wait 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 wait. He pitched this week. I'm totally blanking on where he. He came in and he got an out. He came. <laughs> he, yeah, he came in on Sunday. He came in on. That's right. He came in on Sunday and he got the, he got the out, which yeah. is great. That's <laughs> that's what they need him to do. And remember when he couldn't do that for like his first three or four appearances. Right. So so, so good for him. Good for him. Uh, 
uh, game of the week. There's three to choose from. There are, and all of them would be great in their own way. Uh, It's Friday. It's it's Friday, though. Really? Yeah. Friday was the agony and the ecstasy. Friday was a game we'll probably remember in a year. Like, the the blowout with Cueto on the mound is a game that, you know, it was really fun to watch. I'm glad I watched it. I'm even more glad it happened. But I'm not going to remember that in in a bunch of months i'm gonna be like was there a game when johnny cueto was really good against arizona and they scored a bunch of runs for him probably <laughs> but you know Corey garen played left field sonio Garcia gave up his 800th homer to jake lamb this season alone that that you will will stick in your mind what's gonna happen to jake lamb's career when santiago casilla is no longer on the giants because like Lincecum leaving the National League West, you know, Paul Goldschmidt's career has kind of taken a step backwards. <laughs> well, you know, I bet he'll find a way to get through it, but there will always be that wistful kind of remembrance of what could have been. It'll it'll be it'll be bittersweet, really. I gotta I, th- I gotta throw a dishonorable mention out there. Javier Lopez cannot be walking the one guy he faces. No, that's absolutely unacceptable. You cannot be a lefty specialist who walks your only lefty. Yeah, yeah. Your specialization is ruining shit. <laughs> at that point. Uh, all right. So now we're gonna take a few minutes to answer your Twitter questions that we ask for every week. You can always tweet at them unsolicited at McCroncast, our, our dedicated Twitter account. Um, but otherwise we've got some questions that we just asked for and people, people responded. That was nice of you. That was. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, so the first one is from Rob Hayner at Robert Hayner. Can't the giants just play at chase field? You think you see you think you want that. I can see why that's tempting. But you don't. You don't actually want that. Yeah, it's got that pool there. Dan Marley's in the in, in the crowd sometimes. In Arizona? And... Oh yeah, God. it's in Arizona. Yeah. That's like a that's a... five state for sure, right? <laughs> oh, for sure for sure well, bottom ten. Sure bottom ten, yeah. Bottom five maybe a little harsh. Yeah. Anyway, no, the Giants can't just play at Chase Field. We don't. That wouldn't be good. No. No. Um, insert name no. here at B <laughs> underscore Demugno asked, are Yoenna Cespedes and Justin Turner both hashtag future Giants? <laughs> uh, I would say no to Justin Turner and no to, I would say no to both. But I would say no to Turner just because by the time the Giants will have a crack at him, he'll be used up. Yeah, that's a, I mean, Justin Turner, by the time they get him, will be like basically Ryan Terrio. <laughs> uh, with an awful beard. <laughs> right. He'll look awful. Um, and Cespedes will just always cost too much. Yeah. Because if pitching prices are ridiculous, hitting offense is more ridiculous what might be changing a little bit is what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. And that is the balls might be juiced. So the offense might, the giants might be able to actually go back to their old ways of finding those Marlin birds or finding the Jose Cruz juniors for a year or something along those lines. You'd like to hope that, but the giants cannot pay 25 to $30 million a year for someone who's not Barry bond status. They just won't do it. No. 
Uh, the, if they can get someone who hits as, if they could get someone who hits as well as uh, as as Cespedes for like Matt Cain prices, maybe, but they can't. Right. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, they they might maybe they shouldn't even try because if you look at what Justin Upton has done since going to Detroit this year, it it was not good. Justin Upton's career whenever it's over, which might be like two years from now. Um, although Melvin's hung around for a long time, and Melvin Upton has not really been that great. Uh, he's a little bit better this year, but, you know, he's not been fantastic. It'll be an interesting career when it's all said and done. Um, refused to play in San Francisco, so that's an excellent point that you made. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. And as much as I like Cespedes, I I think I'm I need a guy who's going to get closer to 330 on base percentage. Right. And I think when he left left the A's, I'm actually blanking on what he is now, but it can't be that great. Um, but when he left the A's, when they started trade when they traded him to the Red Sox, I think he had a 290 on base percentage. Yeah. Two, well, in 2014, he had a 303 on base percentage. The A's 296 with the Red Sox. So you should have seen it coming because in 2013, his on base percentage the A's was 294. Great. So I look like a complete idiot. He had a 337 on base with the Mets last year and 323 with Detroit last year. So he had a really great season last year. And in his age 30 season, even though he was injured for a little bit, a 362 on base and his OPS is over 900. So he's, I would say that he's worth the money that he's getting and all that stuff. The Giants can't afford it. No, the Giants, the Giants do not have the money to pay him. Uh, and they definitely can't afford him to. He's he's not quite Hunter Pence, but he is in the sense that he does get hurt pretty much every year. Yeah, and they can't really afford to sink so much money into one player, knowing he's going to miss thirty games probably. So, not a not two not great questions, or <laughs> they they drew negative answers. I should right. say. <laughs> the questions were good, and please keep asking. Yes, them. yes, please do, but negative. Um. Yeah, I, I feel down. It's like I, it's like I just heard myself talking about the Giants. I feel down. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what you do to everyone else, Brian. <laughs> Next question: Paul Elliott Johnson at Rhetoric PJ asks, "Gut judgment: Where in the hierarchy of thirty major league teams does the Giants bullpen rank?" I mean, my my immediate thought on that was sixteen to twenty ish. Oh, when I saw that question pop up my brain immediately went 17th. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, they're not necessarily bad. Um, and there are definitely strengths, you know, Strickland has been great. If Derek Law comes back and is healthy, then that'll be a, a fantastic one, two punch. Um, they have Will Smith, who I think is good now again. I'm not mm. sure. Uh, they have Joe Nathan, the best, apparently. Yeah. The best, yeah, the best part of Will Smith, I think, is his reverse Splatoon, Splatoon, Platoon split. Yeah. His Splatoon. Yeah. Why Why didn't we ever just do that? That makes perfect sense. It's a compound word. <laughs> um, that's a game on the Wii, I think. Splatoon? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like a bubbly, cartoony-looking nope. version of Oliver Stone's Splatoon? <laughs> No, it's no, it's seriously a game. It's a game where like you you have paint and you splatter it all over walls to change their. Clothes. Oh, I've never played it. I like the one. I, I like the one. On to tell I like. About it. 
Yes, I, I like Splatoon where it's like Kirby is in Vietnam. <laughs> Pikachu in Apocalypse. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Doctor or Doctor Mario in Full Metal Jacket. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, Seventeen is our official answer. Well, it's great that you made uh, that you brought up Joe Nathan because I wanted to go on a brief Joe Nathan jag here. Last week I said, actually, last couple of weeks or a few weeks I've been like the Giants don't have that guy who can you know who can fire him up. Maybe it's crazy old man Joe Nathan. Yeah, he's you know he's never won a World Series, and here he is yeah. with the team that traded him away after when yeah. shouldn't have, and maybe this yeah. is his last chance, and he's going to give an inspirational speech. He just seems like one of those like goofy old baseball vets too. He's he's wild-eyed and he's very demonstrative on the field. He still throws 92 or 93 which makes him like the third hardest thrower in the bullpen. <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> uh I was thinking sneak sneakily it's Denard Span. Denard Span. Well, what if Denard Span carries them the rest of the month? Oh. Yeah, I mean that that would be impressive. <laughs> it would be that would completely... be a plot twist. <laughs> it would be completely out of center field. <laughs> uh-huh. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, I I don't know, but I I, I saw Joe Nathan, and I'm kind I'm kind of not taking it seriously. I also don't think he's eligible for the postseason. No, he is. Uh, oh, he is. Yeah, you just have to be in the organization. I see the deadline, which I he see. was. They signed. He was. Yes. Um, they did. I was. I couldn't remember, folks. I remember that they had changed the rules, but I could not remember what they had tweaked it to because I remember that they. When last I remembered, it was that they had closed that loophole that allowed Fernando Rodriguez to be in the World Series. But since then, I yes, they've changed. I think they've changed it to that. Right? Yeah, I think Where that's just. Be, it's yeah. just fine. Yeah. Basically, this yeah. point. basically anyone who is there yeah. in August. Sure. You'll find a way. Right. Because the main part is they didn't want these guys who they hadn't scouted basically being able to play in the playoffs and coming out of nowhere. But now with the digital age, it's like, well, you can get something. You can get a lot more than you could could have 12 years ago. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So so next question, we got a lot from Drew Bader at. We're only gonna pick a couple, Drew. You can't ask all. You can't ask like a dozen questions. Right. We'll answer. We'll answer non-baseball questions. <laughs> pick next time. Pick your best four. Right. And we'll pick two out of those, maybe. All right. So Drew at Drew underscore Bader. Uh, nothing to watch on a ten-day cruise, but Star Trek Five, and nothing to read but Phantom Menace, the book, or back-to-back Dodger World Series titles. That's super easy. Obviously, you go with the bad entertainment and you make fun of it. Star Trek Five, yeah. I mean, what does God need with a starship? Come on. <laughs> the the bad special effects, like the really bad special effects in that movie. You can um, be like, wait, why did this movie even start in Yosemite? I have yeah. no idea. What is this? You, have you seen? Have you seen that YouTube clip? Uh, so no. there's a there's Shatner being interviewed talking about the story. And it was when they were filming at Yosemite. And so he's explaining his whole thinking behind climbing El Capitan. He goes, 
he's in love with the mountain. Captain Kirk wants to make love to the mountain. <laughs> and then they mixed it to like a techno theme where they just cut to it. So if you could, if that, if watching that on the cruise, when you get on the mainland, you will now have something waiting for you, right? Right. Because now you get to like put those two things together. Also, as ridiculous and dumb as all the camping scenes are, they're actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, they're. Fu- I mean, like, look, it's very silly that they sing "Row, Row, Row, Row Your Boat," but it's also kind of fun. Yeah, and Spock roasting a marshmallow with some weird like vibrator-looking device, <laughs> right. or or pocket pee, whatever you know. If you, <laughs> uh, I want to point out that for Star Trek's 50th anniversary here in LA, they had a. Uh, they, they've screened all the original films and there was a screening of Star Trek the motion picture on Friday night so I actually had to like watch the game later um, I, I was wa- tracking it on my phone I'm like I gotta see this <laughs> so, when I got home and it was like 2 in the morning but it was an old print of Star Trek the motion picture it apparently it's the it was the only 35mm print in existence still so it and it looked like it was as old as the movie, it was like pink. Like it was all like the, the blue color had faded completely from the print. So it just looked like you were watching a grindhouse version of star Trek. <laughs> and like it, the, it, the, the reels would jump. So you'd like miss a scene or two, or it would like clip in the middle of dialogue. And I'm like, is Quentin Tarantino about to manifest and just like have a public orgasm because of how crappy this all looks. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, this is amazing. Uh, but it was, it was an interesting thing. If you're a Star Trek fan and you've never seen Star Trek, the motion picture on the big screen, which maybe a lot of us haven't, and I had never had, which is why I wanted to go see it. Um, it is a boring movie, but it's not boring until the second half. It's in my opinion. And then I have a more, if you didn't know this, Doug, I'm going to tell you right now. Do you know why Star Trek, the motion picture is two hours and 32 minutes long and it shows so many special effects shots and the pacing is so slow do you know what there is a reason for that yes because i saw you say it on twitter but i'll let you say it on the podcast too ah well okay well they the special effects company that got the contract basically built paramount out of millions of dollars building their own special effects studio that the crazy person running the company designed himself so they spent more time designing and setting up their studio than doing any special effects when the Paramount execs went to go sit down to watch the first test screening of the movie with the special effects involved, when it cut to the Enterprise, it was a potato on a stick. <laughs> and so after like six or eight months, like nothing had been done. So they had to scramble, hire two other companies because they had a firm release date. They couldn't they couldn't lose it. Otherwise, they'd lose millions of dollars. So the movie was being uh, the special effects were being inserted into the movie. The movie had to be completely shot and edited and scored. That means put the music over um, over it with the gaps where the special effects were supposed to go. And because they didn't know how long they knew what the, how long the shots were supposed to be generally or how long they were going to be. But like once you see them playing, it changes the calculus. So they knew how long the shots were supposed to be. They left those gaps in. And then the special effects just had to play at those lengths and they didn't have time to go back and like do a cut of the movie with the special effects in there. So the reason why there's so many reaction shots is because they had essentially budgeted for and shot all these things. And they, 
when they were delivering the film to theaters, like the one in Westwood, it was, the film was still dripping wet, <laughs> like it had just because it had just been processed and cleaned and shipped. So like there was no time. You were watching a, a second draft basically of of the script of the movie. Um, which to me is pretty incredible because it actually works okay. It's just slow. Right. Um, and it's much better to see on the big screen anyway. Like it, it plays like a movie on TV. It feels kind of weird. Anyway, any other questions? <laughs> now that I've bored us all to Star Trek talk. <laughs> I just thought it was really interesting. I'm like, there's a reason it sucks. <laughs> um, do we want to do one more Drew Bader? Question? Yeah. Was, uh, we got one more. Let's do well, one more. there are like 30 more, but. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What real world world's person? What okay, hold on. <clears throat> what real world persons coming out as a Giants fan would cause you to renounce your Giants fandom? Difficulty, no Hitler. <laughs> now I will say, for the record, there was a photo circulating a couple years ago of internet thing Chuck Johnson possibly wearing a Giants hat. I didn't see that. Now it might not have been him. It might have been some other guy with a similar lower part of his face. Cause like you couldn't see his eyes, I think, but that is possible. So, um, well, Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider is already a giants fan. So. Right. So I don't know that it's possible would be my, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of who would you know I I, I would probably just say like that's fine, <laughs> or I mean it's not fine but it's like it doesn't matter to me if they started commenting on McCovey Chronicles or something or adding us on Twitter or something that might <laughs> that might change change things a little bit, but I don't sit there and think oh I can't stand if that person was a Giants fan too I can't stand it yeah. No, there there are definitely people I don't like who are public figures. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, if Donald if Donald Trump was a Giants fan, I mean, it's it's silly. Like, who cares? Right. He's a buffoon. Right. Like, doesn't it doesn't uh, make a difference to me if someone I don't like likes something I like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess because the question is, will I not what them want them participating or being involved? Not no, because there's certainly famous people. There are certainly non-famous people who I'm actually do kind of think that about, <laughs> and they're they're just normal people. But I'm like, you know what? If you're not even gonna bother to get it right, don't don't do this. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's just stupid. Because yeah, it's like I like it in my own way. So all right. Every week we ask for your Twitter questions, but again, you can send them at any time. Um, we're about to wrap things up. The Giants again. They start the series with the Padres tonight. They have to win eight more games to get to, sorry, seven more games to get to um, last year's win total, which is kind of exciting because I wonder how they're going to do that still. Uh, (laughs) They are a game and a half up on the Mets, who are now the other wild card team because the Cardinals have fallen out temporarily. They're now two games back. Giants are three games out of the NL West. So suddenly this Croncast bounces from Oh, how do we talk about the bad giants to, oh, there's like, there are stakes in these last few weeks. So it should be very exciting. Right. This is the, we're in this thing, Croncast. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're in this, I guess. We're here. <laughs> this? Yeah. yeah. All right. 
it's uh all right uh you have something to plug uh i do <laughs> though i don't know when it's gonna be exactly oh, okay. <laughs> the guy the guy told me on the phone and then i was like i'm not sure um but anyway i think you should be listening to kqed on thursday morning at between 6 15 and 6 30 or 8 15 and 8 30 they will run it twice this is what i'm told and uh, there will be a sports segment with me and Grant talking the Giants, I hope. Or Grant never or Grant never got back to him, and there won't. I don't have any information on that part of it. Uh, I like the other idea of or or won't. It's like, well, if, like the Giants like change the nature of what they are, and then right. you guys come on, and it's like, well, the Giants are now. Um, uh, a tuna fish processing organizations. <laughs> giants are now the Rotary Club. <laughs> well, then you could talk about like, well, the, when the Giants were a baseball team, <laughs> they were hitting only slightly more home runs than they're hitting now as a as a fish processing plant. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Um, we will be back next week. And one thing to keep in mind as you go forward. Baseball doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Or make sense. No, it definitely doesn't. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay. Bye.